they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome. Welcome. I don't know, Mr. Engineer. Welcome to the Terry. Actually, welcome to the Bible with the Barbers. We just finished our show with Steve Ray, CatholicConvert.com. What a great guy he is about Pentecost. But today we have something to talk about, not just the readings of the of the Mass schedule, but we're going to talk about a, an article that my nephew, Dr. Michael Barber, talked on why he said why St. Paul wrote so little about Jesus' public ministry. Mary Danielle, are you with me? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. She got disconnected. Okay, so they'll put us back on. I want to welcome right. you. Oh, there you are, Mary Danielle. I thought you were there. I just didn't know it. Now, now you're here. Mary Danielle... I just told the people about a teaser we're going to talk later about after we do the gospel about our fr- our nephew, Dr. Michael Barber, and why St. Paul wrote so little about Jesus' p- public ministry. But we got much more today to talk about. But Mary, before we go to the gospel, I just want to recommend to our folks, last Saturday we had a mental health conference that went viral, went all over the world with Dr. Sandoval. And he talked on mental health and also spiritual warfare, and it was just fascinating. And I want to re- recommend our to our listeners, if you want to hear it, I've become a monthly donor. I uh, would be great by doing that. And if you want to get them, just a, you can call 877-526-2151. Very important day. It was, it was well attended through the Internet, and I'm sure we're going to be doing more of those in the future. Mary Danielle, I'd like to read from the Gospel of today's Mass. It's St. Louis de Montfort. But before I, before I do that, uh, we both have devotion to St. Louis de Montfort because of our consecration to Mary. He's been a big promoter of that, along with St. Maximilian Colby. And maybe we could talk a little bit about St. Louis de Montfort after the Gospel, if we have time on that. So, Mary, I'd like to read from the readings for St. Louis de Montfort the Matthew chapter 28, 16 through 20. Uh, And here it is. Uh, The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshiped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Well, that's, that's, that's marching orders, is it not, Mary? Those are marching orders, and Jesus is the one who gave the instructions to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And you notice he, ne- he uses a singular there, in the name of, yeah. not in the names of. Mm-hmm. In English grammar, you would think, oh, but in the names of, because there are three persons, right? Mm-hmm. No, because there's only one God. And although there are three persons in one God, there, there's a unity. There's only one Godhead, and all three of them are share equally in the Godhead, but there are three distinct persons. God is not a solitude unto himself. He is a community of love and life. 
And what's interesting, you know, this is, remember, this is 40 days after the resurrection, Mm -hmm. this gospel. And so Jesus has been appearing to the disciples over the course of 40 days. You know, it's interesting because there are some modern scholars say, well, the only reason that that the disciples saw the risen Lord is because they were expecting him to rise from the dead. Really? For 40 days now, he's been appearing to to them in different (laughs) occasions, and there are still some here that doubt. They still doubt the reality. It's, It's still almost like, are we living in some kind of a surreal reality that's going to go away and mm-hmm. you know they, they still have to be convinced that he's really risen from the dead it's like oh my goodness <laughs> no they weren't expecting it <laughs> anybody who wasn't you know the apostles were it what's interesting is the, the one group of people that were expecting the resurrection the the jewish leaders they went to Pilate and they put a guard at the tomb as bishop sheen said the only case in history that we know of mm-hmm. that a, a, a guard was set, and by the way, a cohort, you know, 600 soldiers, was wow. it 600, I believe? Yep, 600. You know, mm-hmm. t- was set to guard the tomb so that a dead man would not rise from the dead. They believed. And then when it happened, they rejected it. Mm-hmm. When it actually happened, and it was obvious the apostles hadn't stolen the body, it was obvious, and they paid the guards to lie. Right. But you know, getting back to Matthew's gospel here. So, and how does this apply to St. Louis Marie de Montfort? Well, St. Louis Marie de Montfort became a priest um, a little bit later in his life. He was in his late 20s when he became a priest. Mm -hmm. And he went about preaching the gospel. This was the whole deal, was to preach the gospel. And of course, his, his He's known very much for his devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I was like, well, why do you have to have blessed, you know, the Blessed Virgin Mary? I don't know. Ask God. Why do we have to have the Blessed Virgin Mary? <laughs> who was the one who chose her as his mother? Who was the one who sent the angel to say to her, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Mm-hmm. Those, were, those were God's words through the angel right. to Mary. She who has the fullness of grace, the perfection of grace already in her, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among women. And Mary herself says, all generations will call me blessed, not in pride, but under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to say that because she was so humble and obedient to the will of the Lord, she would live in union with God, not only on earth, but for all eternity. And of course, that's a model for all of us. Mm-hmm. She's our mother, and she prays. That's why we ask her to pray for us. You know, just like in the early church, Paul asked people to pray for him, pray for me, that after having preached the gospel to others, I myself may not fall away. We need the help of one another's prayer. And St. Louis Marie de Montfort taught us to go to Our Lady, and, you know, they say devotion to, to the rosary is just devotion to Mary, and that's taking devotion away from Christ. Well, actually, what is the rosary? Mm-hmm. The rosary is a scriptural prayer. Amen. And what's the point of it? We're supposed to be meditating on the the life of our Lord, the very fact, all the mysteries of salvation, that God became incarnate, that God grew up as a child and then became an adult, and then he sacrificed his life for us. So we have all these mysteries, and now, God bless, you know, thank you, God, for St. John Paul II, who added the luminous mysteries, which include the public life of our Lord, mm-hmm. key events in the public life of our Lord, so that we can meditate on the entire life of Christ and why. Because in looking at Christ and in loving him, we become like him. 
So we want this, and we want to pray this rosary as not as, and I remember once telling somebody this. I said, well, the reason I pray the rosary is why? Well, what is that prayer we say at the end of the rosary? Oh, God, who by um, the life, let's see. Life, oh, Lord uh, Jesus Christ, by, no, let's see. What's the prayer we pray at the end of the rosary? Oh, Lord Jesus Christ, uh, no, let's see. Are you saying, oh. uh, hail Holy Queen, is that what you're thinking? After the Hail Holy Queen, and then we say, pray for us, the Holy Mother of God, that, that we, we may be made worthy, worthy of the promises of Christ. Oh, Let th- us pray, uh, O God, anyway, His only begotten Son, by His life, death, and resurrection. By His life, death, and resurrection, <laughs> has purchased for us the That's rewards right. of eternal salvation. That's right. Grant, we beseech thee, mm-hmm. that meditating upon these mysteries, mm-hmm. we may both imitate what they contain and obtain what they promise. So what is it that we are asking of God when we pray the rosary? That we will imitate the mysteries of the life of Christ. We'll imitate what they contain. And then we will obtain what they promise. And what do they promise? They contain the humility of God coming down to us, his love, his tremendous outpouring of love, the perfection of love. And so we want to obtain all that he has promised. And we want to to obtain what he promised, and that is he promised us eternal life with himself. Divine, human, that human beings become divinized, not that we become God. We will never become gods. We're not, we're not God. We're creatures. We were made, we will praise the Lord God for all eternity. There's only one Lord, one God, but there are three persons in God, and for all eternity we'll worship him. But we want, this is what the rosary is, and I remember saying this one time to a young man who was ridiculing the rosary, and he said, Well, because he was telling me why Catholics pray the rosary. And I said, well, I'm a Catholic. Can I tell you why I pray the rosary? (laughs) Yeah. And I tried to tell him that. He said, well, I mean, if if that's why you pray it, well, then that would be okay. But that's not why you pray it. (laughs) And it's like, I just looked at him and I was like, oh, my word. You really... And all what you can do at that point is say, Lord, you have to touch his heart to help him understand. He's not in a place right now where he can understand, where he can accept this truth. But this is really what the rosary is. is I remember when, you know, my nieces and nephews, when I was, you know, a young adult, and then when we got married, and sometimes I would, we try and do the scriptural rosary, Mm -hmm. where when we pray the Hail Marys, in between the Hail Marys, we read a verse from the scripture, from that mystery. Right. So that we can picture it in our minds and actually enter into a meditation, enter into a conversation with God about what does this mystery mean in my life right now? How does it apply to my life, Lord? Show me the way by the power of your Holy Spirit. And so that's, that's, and, and so St. Louis Marie de Montfort, yes, this gospel very much pertains to his feast day because he was a priest and he did baptize people and he encouraged people to develop this relationship with God where they would daily meditate on his life and his death and his resurrection and his glorification so as to become more united to him and more like him. Well said, Mary. We're going to take a quick break and continue with the Bible with the Barbers. I have something we haven't done before. I wanted to get your take on the psalm reading where it says, Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. When we come back, we'll talk about that much more. And don't forget, we'll talk a little bit about what St. Paul, why St. Paul wrote so little about Jesus and his public ministry. You're listening to the Bible with the Barbers on Virgin's Most Powerful Radio. We'll be back to start you more.
Welcome, Daniel. You're on the line. What's on your mind, brother? Hi, I just wanted to share a testimony about Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I had a buddy at work who, you know, he's a lukewarm Catholic guy, and I wanted him to start listening to the Terry and Jesse show, so I kept telling him to download the app, and he kept putting me off. So one day, I grabbed his phone, and I downloaded the app for him. I went on vacation, and you know, I kept telling him to listen to it. He was kind of put me off. I came back from vacation. He comes to my cubicle, and he says to me, Hey, man, I've been listening to Terry and Jesse's show, and it's great. And it's uh, made a big impact in his life. The guy, he's going to weekly adoration a couple times a wow. week. He goes to the Mass in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an on-fire Catholic, and he promotes the Terry and Jesse show on the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Daniel, what a testimony, and I want to encourage our listeners to get those cards by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org and uh, do what Daniel's doing. Go out and spread the faith by inviting people to listen to Virgin Most Powerful. Daniel, thanks for your testimony, brother. God love you. You're welcome. Jesus said in Matthew 26, Stay awake and pray that you may not enter into temptation. According to St. Ephraim, Jesus, who feared nothing, experienced fear and asked to be freed from death, although he knew it was impossible. How much more must we persevere in prayer before temptation assails us, so that we may be freed when the test has come? May God grant that we may withstand temptation and carry out His will in all things. or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%! Realestateforlife.org 877-LIFE-US-1 Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Thank you. Thank you very much, Matthew Arnold. And um, you're at the Bible with the Barbers, and we've been reading from the Gospel of the day of feast day of St. Louis de Montfort, who had a great book called True Devotion to Mary and on the Rosary, a just great, great man of the church. As a matter of fact, Mary, St. John Paul II took the quote of his armor as totally yours, I'm all yours, on the side of his vestment there, and that was referring to St. Louis de Montfort because he made his consecration to the Blessed Mother also. Mary Danielle, before, if, if you want to continue on that gospel, but I, I found that Psalm 40 was fascinating today in the gospel because it really summarizes our life as Christians, as followers of of Jesus. It says, Psalm 40, Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. And then it goes on. I don't know if you want me to read that, but that that one little short statement really summarizes what we're to do. Now, right now, you're doing God's will. You're watching uh, our grandson right now, and uh, you're doing God's will. I'm doing my uh, daily duty here at the uh, station in the studio here, proclaiming the gospel because this is what we try to do every single day of our life. I am here. I am, Lord. I come to do Your will. Do you have any any commentary or thoughts on that psalm? Because it's such a powerful psalm. 
It really is, and it's interesting because it's 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 very appropriate for priests in particular, mm-hmm. because this is a messianic psalm. I have waited, waited for the Lord, and He stooped toward me and heard my cry, and He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn to our God. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice or oblation you wish not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Mm-hmm. Burnt offering or sin offering you sought not. Then said I, Behold, I come. In the written scroll it is prescribed for me. To do your will, O my God, is my delight, Mm -hmm. and your laws within my heart. I announced your justice in the vast assembly. I did not restrain my lips, as you, O Lord, know. Your justice I kept not hid within my heart. Your faithfulness and your salvation I have spoken of. I have made no secret of your kindness and your truth in the vast assembly. And so for the priest... This is their, their role is to be the altar Christus, to mm-hmm. be Christ for the people and to bring Christ to the people and then bring the people back to Christ. But in a certain sense, all of us are priests by virtue of the universal priesthood of all the baptized, but not ordained ministers. We cannot perform the sacramental ministry that is specific to the priesthood, but we can all preach the gospel by our life. We can all offer ourselves to God as offerings. God wants our hearts. He doesn't, you know, sometimes we say, well, we'll give him things. You know, we'll give God things. Sometimes it's easy sometimes, you know. Oh, I'll give money to the church, you know. But then, you know, like the mafia, you know. Oh, I'll give some money to the church. I'll have some houses offered. But I'm going to go and live my life the way I want, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we're supposed to give our hearts to God, and we're supposed to allow him to change us, to make us a living image of himself, and announce his justice by the very fact of the way we live. Right. Well, and so that's, yeah, very beautiful in terms of, yeah, each of us individually and especially our priests. And that's why for the Feast of St. Louis Marie de Montfort, they use this psalm. Yeah. So we pray for our priests that they can live this fully because yeah. that's, the, without living this fully, they're frustrated in their vocation because this is their vocation. Sacrifice or oblation you wish not but ears open to obedience you gave me. Burnt offering and sin offering you sought not, then said I, behold, I come. So that's, you know, to do your will, O God. Right. Mary, there's a connection we have today. Here it is in 2020. There's a little confusion with not just the priests and lay people on roles that we play. And what I want to just mention is that the church has very clearly stated the role of the laity and the role of the priest, but it seems to be really confusing today in our church where priests are are kind of wanting to be almost like lay people and let the lay people do some of the priestly ministries. And I think there's a lot of confusion. Would you like to comment on that? It's about, it's just, well, it you know. there, there is a lot of confusion and there's been um, anti-clericalism really is this idea that the priests don't have any special role to play in the priest, mm-hmm. in the, in the church. And the reality is the priest acts in persona Christi when he acts in a sacramental capacity. It is Jesus Christ acting in and through the priest. At the altar, at the time of consecration, when the priest consecrates the bread and the wine, he doesn't say, this is the body of Jesus Christ. He said this, he quotes the words of Christ, this is my body. Mm -hmm. It is Jesus himself who is acting in and through the priest to confect the Eucharist to confect the sacraments. Okay? Now, the the two exceptions, in emergency, anyone can baptize. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with clean water, 
pouring it over the head of the person to be baptized, the person's in danger of death. And the sacrament of matrimony is conferred by the couple marrying each other. The mm. husband confers it on his wife, the wife confers it on the husband. But it is to be pronounced in the presence of the official witness for the church, the bishop, the priest, or the deacon, and two witnesses. Right. Because it pertains to society as a whole and to living together in society. And so it's the basic, the family is the basic unit of the church and society. So it's not just between two people. Right. And so that's why that sacrament, but you need, but the priest is there as the official witness of the church. And even the fathers of the church, you know, wrote that to have, to, to pronounce your vows at the Holy Eucharist, at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, what a great blessing. And, and, you know, so that the angels themselves are taking your vows along with Christ's offering to the altar in heaven. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's that confusion between the priesthood or the laity. And there was a beautiful document the church wrote, Christi Fidelis Laici. In the 80s, yeah. In, in the 1980s, and it talks about the role of the lay faithful mm-hmm. in the church. Right. And there are so many, you know, it, within the liturgy, there's so many um, abuses. And, and Pope John Paul II was continually trying to address these and correct them. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't always a lot of cooperation. Right. But he's, you know, we're not supposed to blur the distinctions between That's the right. lay faithful right. and the priesthood of the laity. Yep. And the, the ordained ministry of the priest. And, you know, lay people are not ordained priests. And there, there's, you know, the, the ordained priest is, is, is the priest, and he acts in persona Christi. That's right. And Mary, it's kind of interesting. Steve Ray was on our show talking about the upper room in Jerusalem where a Holy Thursday took place in the beginning of the uh, priesthood and the institution of the Holy Eucharist. So it's just kind of interesting that today... We're focusing on St. Louis de Montfort. I just want to remind our our listeners that St. Louis de Montfort uh, was born back in 1673. He passed away in 1716. He was born to a really poor family, okay, but uh, ordained at 27. He was very devoted to the Blessed Virgin Mary, as illustrated by his book. And this is a classic book today. Everybody should have a copy the secret of the rosary. Uh, now, he basically teaches you a method of praying the rosary. Now, he founded an order of priests called the Company of Mary, a religious institute of women devoted to the poor. And what's really interesting, one of his books, True Devotion, was lost, I think, for over a hundred years, and it was found. And boy, that's the one that St. John Paul II II read and convinced him to make his total consecration to Mary. So St. Louis de Montfort has a great influence on the church, even today, Mary. I would say also with the Legion of Mary, uh, you're a member of the Legion of Mary since you were a child. Didn't uh, St. Louis de Montfort have a big influence on, uh, was it Frank Duff, who was the founder of the Legion? Right. Everyone in the Legion consecrates themselves to Our Lady, and people might ask, well, why would you consecrate yourself to her? In baptism, we were consecrated to God. And that is true. But when we consecrate ourselves to our Blessed Mother, we're not saying that she's taking the place of God. Mm-hmm. We're saying, Blessed Mother, you are our mother, and we need your prayers as a mother to help us to live our baptismal com- consecration to its full. Mm. So we're asking for the help of Our Lady to live more fully our baptismal 
consecration, when we consecrate ourselves to her. And in the Legion of Mary, you know, I'm all thine, my queen and my mother, and all that I have is thine. And um, we made this consecration, and we understood we're not worshiping Mary. We're not replacing Jesus with Mary. We're asking Our Lady to help us to be faithful in all of the crosses, toils, and disappointments of life, and especially in the times of darkness and aridity. Right. You know, in times of darkness, we tend to walk away from God. It's like, well, if, if it's going to mean this much suffering, I'm going to walk away. Jesus didn't walk away from suffering. Right. And, and he didn't come to take away human suffering. He filled it with his presence. Amen. So Our Lady helps us. She didn't walk away from the cross. Nope. No, she didn't. Mary, I want to remind everybody, the month of May, it looks like here in Los Angeles, the Archdiocese of L.A. has put out a memo that the 15th is when the churches will be opened again. And Mary Danielle, you have a Bible study that you normally do on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. at the Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina. So as soon as we have that sometime in the middle of the month, we'll start back up on that. And also Thursday afternoons at 1 o'clock, for those who don't want to go out at night, they all have a Bible study, uh, basically a repeat of Tuesday's show, a uh, stu- uh, Bible study. Mary Danielle, when we come back, can we answer that question regarding uh, Michael, Dr. Michael Barber writing why St. Paul wrote so little about Jesus' public ministry? It's just something that uh, it made me wonder when I saw the article. I thought, well, that's interesting. Why did he write so little about Jesus' public ministry? And you're listening to The Bible with the Barbers. And I want to remind everybody, again, we have new shows coming up in the next two weeks. One of them is with the Marian Helpers, Father Don Calloway, Father Mike Gately, Father Chris Alar. These are priests at the Marian Helpers in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. They agreed to do a show with Dr. with actually Dr. I'm already telling Dr. Matthew Arnold, huh? How about Matthew Arnold will be the moderator of the new show starting on the 17th of May. And we're going to be talking all about divine mercy. What's what's that all about? And how does it apply to me in my life? That's a new show. And then we also have a new show with Father Ripperger with Jesse Romero moderating it. He's going to be on at least once or twice a week. And the other guys that are in his group will be coming on on spiritual warfare. We'll be talking about that. That starts in the middle of May. So I want to thank all of our listeners because we couldn't do this without you. All these new shows take time and money, and uh, you're supporting us to do this expansion. Even at this time, that's been very uh, difficult to maneuver through with the COVID uh, virus. And I just want to thank you for especially those monthly donors who have kept up their payments each week, each month to help us fund Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Remember, we're not right versus left. We're right versus wrong. And I want to remind you, on Friday, Father Charles Murr, very religious, good, good holy priest, is going to be on my show Friday on the Terry and Jesse show, talking about prayer and the need to pray, mental prayer, all types of forms of prayer. And I really believe that that's going to help you, our listener, have a better relationship with Jesus Christ when you can really understand deeply the power of prayer in your life. You're listening to the Bible with the Barbers. My Mary, Mary Danielle is on with us. As we come back, let's talk about St. Paul and why he wrote so little about Jesus in the public ministry. We'll be right back.
Hi, this is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show, also from Jesus 911. Let's face it, we all need to use the internet, but we need screen accountability. Why? Pornography is a huge problem, especially on the internet. And every time we tap into the internet, we get bombarded with images and temptations that degrade our humanity. So we need covenant eyes to block these pornographic sites and advertisements from infiltrating our lives. Covenant Eyes helps us take custody of our eyes and custody of our intellect. So I recommend you go to CovenantEyes.com and type in the promo code VMPR to support the network. Protect yourself and your family from the eminent threats on the internet. www.CovenantEyes.com Code VMPR Live Porn Free Thank you for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you. God bless you. Keep the faith. selling your home or your business property this is terry barber real estate for life underwrites the terry and jesse show and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world and when they receive their referral fee they will give 80 percent of it to a pro-life organization wow that's 80 percent real estate for life.org 877-LIFE-US-1 Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back. Thank you very much, Matt. Mary Danielle, we have a nephew named Dr. Michael Barber. He used to teach at John Paul II, and now he's with the Augustine Institute. He's writing a lot of different books. And he had an interesting article why he said that... um, you know, why did St. Paul write so little about Jesus' public ministry? Well, what's it in the nutshell, Mary Danielle? Why did he do that? In a nutshell, what they're saying in the article mm-hmm. is that the reason Paul would, not, would have written so little about the public ministry in his letters is that he's looking forward, not backward. Ah. The central event of Jesus' ministry was actually his resurrection from the dead. Mm-hmm. And at one point in one of his letters, Paul will say, you know, if Jesus is not raised from the dead, then our faith is in vain, and we are the saddest of men. Mm -hmm. That without the resurrection, our faith is in vain. So, you know, this idea that somehow the resurrection is just sort of a secondary, this is absolutely critical, because by the resurrection, Jesus, it's the greatest proof that he is truly divine. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and he's, 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 Paul wants us to remember, he's not just comparing Jesus to Moses, you know, and uh, Jesus is the fulfillment of everything that Moses prophesied. And Moses had said God would send a prophet like mm-hmm. myself, who would work great signs and wonders, but a prophet greater than me. Yes. You know, Moses understood that it's not, it's not about Moses, it's about God and God's plan. Got it. And so... 
Paul is telling us that the resurrection is the central event for Paul, and he doesn't want us to get caught in the in the past as as if it was just some sort of a historical relic. Right. He wants us to look forward to the resurrection, that not only Jesus is going to be raised from the dead, but that we too will share in this resurrection. And Paul makes this very, very clear in his well, letters. Well, Mary, you, I'm going to jump in because 1 Corinthians chapter 1 to 17 to 25 was the reading for today's Mass. Let me just share it because it's, it's basically confirming what you're saying. Paul's saying the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are uh, perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the learning of the, of the learned I will set aside. Where is the wise one? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made the wisdom of the world foolish? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not come to know God through wisdom. It was the will of God through the foolishness of the proclamation to save those who have faith. For Jews demand signs, Greeks look for wisdom, but we proclaim Christ in him crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called Jews and Greeks alike, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That is a powerful reading for today's Mass, Mary. It is extremely powerful. And again, here we have the reality that Jesus didn't come to eradicate human suffering. Mm -hmm. He came to fill it with his presence. But if he had the cross and he didn't rise from the dead, then what would it mean? It's just a man who was tortured and died. Right. But the reality is the cross isn't the end of the story. But without the cross, we cannot be like Christ. So if we're going through this world trying to avoid the cross, we're trying actually to avoid looking like Jesus. Mm. It's a hard gospel. Yes. Paul is warning us. We need, and, and we're not, Jesus, you know, Paul, Paul had learned his lesson. He tried to appeal in Athens. He tried to appeal to the Athenians, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the wisdom of the world, with yeah. their wisdom. He tried to relate to them on their level. That's what he did. On, and, and you know what? He, he, he didn't make any converts nope. there. Nope. Very few. There were a few. There were very few. And so after that, he wrote, I have resolved that while I am with you, I will preach nothing but Christ and him crucified. Mm, Powerful. And that's what what he's doing here at Corinth. And of course, Corinth at that time, I mean, if you think we have problems, Corinth was just a mass of broken humanity. Mm -hmm. The the Corinthians was in, in Corinth, you know, prostitution wasn't just a profession it was a, a divine it was a form of divine worship mm. for the pagans and they had the, the the temple prostitutes and family wasn't a reality you just because you had all of these prostitutes and a lot of little children running around who had no fathers oh no because yeah because it, it, the, the, the 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 saying about ancient Corinth was was that every every woman had two sailors or every sailor had two women mm-hmm. Because Corinth was, it had two ports. 
And you had this army of longshoresmen because it was the first um, canal, but it was a, a, a railroad, as it were, that was built on land. And they would take the smaller ships during time. There were times a year when you couldn't sail around the isthmus of the peninsula, mm-hmm. of the Peloponnesian Peninsula, because of the weather. So you had to carry the ships from one side of the isthmus to the other. And that's how they would get the ships through mm-hmm. from the east to the west. And so you had this variable army of longshoresmen to unload these ships, haul them across the rails, and then reload them at the other side, and then put the ships, you know, to, to go on their way. And so you had all these, and then, you know, it was, it was retired soldiers and um, freed slaves <laughs> who they settled Corinth with. So these long longshoresmen were retired, so, retired soldiers and, and freed slaves. And so, yeah, th- there wasn't a lot of... Um, a lot of understanding of the dignity of the human person. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the, the cross was very much a part of their life in the sense of they were very beaten down and broken people. And there Paul made many converts. Yes. That's where he, but he preaches Jesus Christ and him crucified. And of course, risen from the dead because Christ never preached. I mean, excuse me, Paul never preached Christ crucified without preaching Christ risen from the dead. And Mary, let me jump yes. in. Let me just jump yes. in again because you're you're preaching to the choir. But you know, Bishop Sheen says, "Without Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday." And I don't mean to be negative when I make this comment, but it seems to me that we need that gospel again, both the resurrection and the crucifixion of Good Friday. We have to have both. And sometimes I I wonder that you know in our church today there you know when we talk about suffering people want to turn away and say no 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 jesus died on the cross we don't have to suffer we don't have to suffer no 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 and so that's not a catholic viewpoint but it seems to me that maybe we need to bring back uh kind of a a, a full teaching on on the you know what suffering how how Colossians talks about, I fill up what was lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the good of the church and have, you know, it come back to show that, you know, every action is like a blank check if Christ's name is on it. And I, I just wonder sometime today that um, we've kind of lost that focus where we think that somehow suffering is bad. I mean, is that your is that your take or am I just reading into it today? Right. And I don't think it's just today. I think there's I think there's this struggle within the human heart. Mm hmm that every single one of us has to learn what is the beauty of suffering. Mm. That doesn't mean we have to go out and seek it. Right. Because of original sin, our life is going to be filled with suffering. Because right. God renounced his perfect paradise when Adam and Eve sinned. God made a perfect paradise for man, and man said no. Right. So now suffering came in. And, and as John Paul II beautifully pointed out, you know, things came in as an intrusion, shame, suffering, sin, death, those came in as an intrusion, but they have become good things. And in Christ, the meaning of all of them have been redeemed. And so, and again, with this whole COVID-19 thing, it's a flu virus. We shouldn't be running away from death and fear. Right. Now, that doesn't mean we go out and look for death. No, it will come. You know, we weren't made for a finality in this world. We weren't made to live eternally in this world. We have no finality in this world. Our finality is a union with God in heaven. But let's begin that by living in union with God here on earth, by embracing the sufferings that come to us in life and offering them in union with Jesus. And this is what Paul is saying. Right. We need to learn the foolishness of God, which is what? That, that power is made perfect in suffering. Amen. 
that when we're weak, it's then that we are strong because then the power of God shines through us. It's when we're willing to admit that, you know what, Lord, no, I can't do this. I don't have an answer. We don't have an answer for all the problems of this world. We don't have an answer to all the diseases and, and whatnot because sin is what caused everything. Mm-hmm to go awry. So the answer is in God and it's in union with Christ and in union with Christ on the cross and then in the resurrection because the cross becomes redemptive united to Christ. Our suffering becomes redemptive when we're united to Christ and we will rise from the dead. Death is not the end of the story. We don't have to be afraid of death. Right. Well, well, Mary, I think though, talking about the COVID-19 and uh, you know, virus that came from China. Um, it seems to me that the statistics that they said were, all this was going to happen eight weeks ago, that we would be, you know, hundreds of thousands of people would die. And it just really frightened a lot of people to stay indoors and not come out. And uh, it seems that now as we get more information on this whole virus, that, yeah, we're realizing that, hey, those numbers never materialized and so I'm really grateful that... No, they didn't materialize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm grateful that like 22, new, 22 states are opening up their states for business because, Mary Danielle, I, as a father, one of the things that my priority was when I married you was to be a provider. And when, you know, let's say I was a cook. Well, I've been a cook for... Like I have a, a relative who's been a cook for 30 years and all of a sudden he's let go because all the restaurants have to close Look at the effect that that's having on the family right now. And so I, I that's why I want to encourage all of us to pray that we can move forward with this virus and get the country back opened up. And, and again, I'm not saying we, we have to not take it serious. We do. I'm all for social distancing. I guess that helps. But, you know, let's be honest, Mary Danielle. If you stay in a bubble, your immune system is going to be shot. And that's one of the reasons we've done some shows on this because— Common sense says we can't. If you stay indoors, you'll never get better. You only get worse. Your immune system goes down. Hey, that's a side note. We're, I hear the music. We're going to come right back for our last segment with the Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. 
But what's important is that a baby is a baby, inside and out of the womb, not just after birth, but nine months before, at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome. Welcome back. I wanted to remind everybody, this Friday is the first of the month. It's May 1st, and there's three big events going on. Thanks be to God, our bishops in America, along with the Canadian bishops, are going to reconsecrate their country's to the Blessed Virgin Mary, like other countries did in Europe and all around the world, South America. So that's good. Also, it's the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker, which is awesome. Have devotion to St. Joseph. That's great. You know, remember Father Callaway's book, 33 Days to Preparation for St. Joseph. And to boot, it's the first, first Friday of Friday. the month. So that's the devotion to the Sacred Heart. So three big things, Mary. Consecration to Mary with the bishops, First Friday, and um, it's St. Joseph's uh, the Worker Feast Day. So I think, uh, to me, Mary, this is a very special day because we're praying uh, for a lot of petitions, and one of them is a return to the sacredness of life in our country. We've been killing babies, Mary, for what, 40 years now? with Roe versus Wade, and we just have to knock it off. And let's just be honest. We have a pro-life president, President Trump right now, who has been saying that, look, I'm going to pick pro-life candidates for the Supreme Court. And let's be honest about it. There are many people who just want President Trump to disappear because they're fearing that if he gets reelected, he will do just that. And that's going to stop a lot of killing in our country. So I believe, Mary, that we need to pray for President Trump and pray for our country that we could return to an order of sanctity of life. What's your take on that, Mary? And, and that's so true. And the, the reality is, is, again, we shouldn't be looking primarily to our political system right. to save us. And, and if we are, we're, that's idolatry. We need to be praying. And it, it's occurred to me, you know, during this whole COVID thing, you know, we could easily, people, hit the streets praying the rosary. Mm-hmm. In 1964, right, the communists is- were going to take over in Brazil. That's right. But Father Patrick Payton had gone down to Brazil, and you can look at Father Patrick Payton and his rosary crusades. He went around the world, and he would go and he would 
they would evangelize. They would go door to door and they would catechize the people. And then they would set a date when they would have all the people come out in the streets and pray the rosary in unison. And the day that was set for the communist takeover in Brazil coincided Hmm. providentially with the day that the Rosary Crusade was actually going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so on the day the communists were supposed to take over Brazil, over a million people hit the streets praying the Rosary in unison. And the communists fled the country in fear. Wow. And again, you know, Austria, in Austria, after World War II, Austria was taken over by the communists. And... 10% 10% of, and this was, we know it was at least 10% because there was a priest leading this. That's right, nineteen. And he was leading people yep. to pray the rosary. And for 10 years, they yep. prayed the rosary yep. to be freed from, and in 1955, the yep. deal was made yep. to free Austria without a war. Awesome. Austria was freed from the power of communism without, a, because they, they, they led the spiritual war. Right. And that's what we need now in our country. We need this spiritual warfare. We need to get our rosaries and go out into the streets, and the lay people, we need to just start walking our neighborhoods and going outside our churches, and even we can't get in, pray the rosary outside and adore Jesus from a distance and send our angel. And we need to say, no, we are not going to take this lying down. You can't take away our freedom to worship God. Amen. If we allow ourselves to be locked into our homes and stop worshiping God, this is a very dangerous precedent to set. Absolutely. And we need, but we need to turn to the Lord God and we need to really pray. Yeah. So that, you know, we, and that's, you know, the, the resurrection. We're living in the time of the resurrection. This is Easter. Yeah. Let us act like resurrected people. Let us not fear death. By the way, we need to ask the Lord to help us to give up our fear of losing our material comforts. Yeah. And our attachment to our material, you know, well-being. We're, we've become opulent. Well, well, Mary, let because me... we become opulent, we become careless in our practice of our of our real fervor and of faith. Well, let me jump in to just confirm that, Mary. We live in a culture right now that says abortion clinics can stay open during this COVID nineteen pandemic, but we can't go to see, we can't go to visit Jesus in the Eucharist, we can't go to Mass, and so our priorities are way out of line with the with our civil people. And I would mention this, Mary, what you said about the rosary, it is a time and I, I, that people turn to Our Lady many times when they're in trouble. I think back in the in the 1500s when we had another uh, pandemic and many people were dying and they, they took their rosaries out. And so I would just recommend things that Jesse and I talk about, the five stones of David. One, yes, pray the rosary every day. Number two, Go to Mass as often as you can when the, when the church is open again. Three, read your Bible. This is Bible with the Barbers, you know. Read your Bible right now. We've got plenty of time, uh, especially if you're off of work right now or working from home, to open up that Bible. And also on First Fridays, which are coming up this Friday, do what Mary just said. Try and get into a church, even if it's the parking lot, and say your prayer, say your rosary. And, uh, and also number five, it's uh, it's penance sacrifice. I know we're in the Easter season right now, but we can still make little sacrifices for love of God because remember Our Lady of Fatima said this, that more souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices for them. Do you have a relative that's left the church? Son, daughter? 
Pray for them. I think of what Our Lady has said, and it's so profound because the Fatima message is really the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Turn away from sin. Mary, what other advice would you give our listeners? And we won't have to be with them for another week, but to build them up in the Lord, what, what advice would you give them? Well, one of the things is daily spiritual reading, and that is we need to fill our minds and hearts with the thoughts of God. Mm-hmm. And where can you find those? In the Scripture. Mm-hmm. All of Scripture is God's holy word. The Holy Spirit is the primary author of Scripture. God is speaking to each of us. Now, we need the Church to be the authentic interpreter of Scripture, but nonetheless, God still speaks to us individually in terms of, you know, I am there for you, I love you, I am present to you, be present to me, live in the presence of God, Spend time reading your scriptures every day. That's your, your, what they call Lexio Divino. It's, you know, divine reading, and it is divine reading. Mm-hmm. And then when, you know, right now, for those who can't get to Mass, um, you can send your angel, and you can also watch online. And when you watch online, try not to allow yourself to be distracted. If you need to, go into your bedroom and close the door and listen to the Mass where no one's going to come and interrupt you or, um, you know, start a conversation with you. Prayer is supposed to be a loving conversation with God. And I, I've, I've experienced this so often in life. Someone's praying, and someone else just comes up to them and starts talking to them. Well, don't we consider it socially rude to interrupt a conversation between two people? Sure. And, and so what, what, what happens... Why, why is it okay for anyone to come up and interrupt my conversation with God? If my prayer is truly a conversation with God, and someone comes in and says, you know, unless it's an emergency, and if you have a life-threatening emergency or something, yeah. Right. But if you just want to, you know, shoot the breeze about whatever, or, oh, look what I'm making for dinner, or whatever, it's like, okay, yeah, honey, I realize that, but, you know, uh, can we finish the prayers, and then we'll talk about that. <laughs> but we have no qualms about interrupting people's conversations with God. Right. But maybe it's... Yeah, Mary, we... We don't really see our prayer as a okay. conversation. Yeah, no, that's great. I thought we lost you for a second, but that's great. And uh, those are all good advices for people. And I just want to make another appeal. We had the mental health conference over the weekend, Mary, and I know you were here for some of it with Dr. Sandoval, and it's so important to have a good Catholic mindset when it comes to mental prayer, and I think a lot of people will enjoy the talks, but I would encourage you to get those by calling 877-526-2151, and I can hear our grandson, Bo, right there, giving uh, a few, he wanted the last words of the, of the hour with us, Mary. I think that's wonderful. And and Mary, let me ask you one last question. What can we do right now as a family, uh, as with this plague going on with COVID-19, would you, would you recommend again, obviously you've talked about the rosary, but if people haven't been praying the rosary, wouldn't this be a good time to start up a rosary each night for the family? Absolutely. Absolutely. And for the children's sake, it might be helpful if you have a, children's bible with pictures in it mm-hmm. let them look at the pictures right you know that and you have little pictures of the different mysteries of the rosary and let them look at that mm-hmm. and it, it just it's so helpful and yes absolutely we need to pray together as families we need to come together and pray and even if you go out you know take you're going to take a walk around the neighborhood 
you can pray the rosary while you walk around the block. We had a very dear friend, John Hanrahan. Oh, God rest And he used to walk around our, yeah, God have mercy, God rest his soul. John was such a wonderful man. Mm-hmm. And very fervent, very faithful, always prayed his rosary, prayed at the abortion clinics. And, and he was, God, he's godchildren to two of our, uh, godfather to two of our children. Good morning. <laughs> godfather to two of our children. And he would walk around the block praying the rosary. Right. That sanctifies your neighborhood. You're calling God's presence down. Mm-hmm. When we pray, we're asking the Lord to be present to us in this moment. And he's always present to us, but he needs us to ask him into our lives. Right. He waits for us to ask. We're well said. Mary Danielle, on Friday, we're going to have a special show with Father Charles Murr, retired priest. And I know you love this topic. He's going to talk about prayer. And why is it important for us to learn how to pray properly? And I wonder sometimes, Mary, if, if a lot of us have missed that. And I, and I, you know, I just want to get your take on that. But it sounds like you're, you've got your hands full. So I'm going to let you go and finish the rest of the minute here. But Mary Danielle, thank you very much for joining at the, with the Bible with the Barbers. And again, next week, same time, same station. Folks, I want to remind you, if you could, with the podcast, send this to your friends, the Bible with the Barbers podcast, and that way you can share this, because so many people say, I want to have a Bible study. Well, you got one right here on Virgin Most Powerful. Every week, we take the readings from the Daily Mass and expand on that and show how it applies to you in your life. So I want to thank you for taking the time to join us, and again, Tomorrow, next week, we'll do it again. And on Friday, Father Charles Murr on the Terry and Jesse show will be with us. And on Thursday, we have a special surprise. We're going to have four of us. Are you ready? On the line, talking about a very important topic. Because we've got the two studios and we've got the technology to do it. Special edition on the Terry and Jesse show on Thursday. Thanks again for joining us with the Bible with the Barbers. I hear the music, so... May God bless you and your family. And thank you for your monthly donations that you make through your card. That's what pays the bills here. And if you want to become a monthly donor, call us at 877-526-215. When you get lots of programming, we send you each month $500 worth, $300 worth of product every month as a monthly donor. God bless you and your family. We'll see you next time. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg Thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of Thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to Thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou Thyself maintain them in holiness. O Divine and Great High Priest, May the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.